number 173, Kuf Ayin Gimel. And that is the mitzvah that we are commanded uh, to support, I mean to appoint uh, a ruler, a Jewish king, uh, to be lead the Jewish people. This is the verse that it says, Soim Tosim Alecha Melech in Devarim, Perik Yudzayim Pasik Tezvav. We had already mentioned earlier the words of the Sifri. Sifri states there are three commandments that the Jewish people were commanded at the time that they entered into the land. One, to appoint a king. Two, to build a chosen house, the Beis Hamikdash. And three, to destroy the seed of Amalek. Further, they said in the Sifri, this is a positive mitzvah to put a king upon you. The commentary of this mitzvah has, by tradition, that this is what it means. What is the meaning, place a king upon you? That means that his fear should be upon you. We should have in our heart total honor and greatness and exaltness, which is not, nothing greater than it, uh, than the king. The kings should be so great by us, even greater than a prophet, than the advance of a prophet amongst the prophets of his generation. This is specifically, our sages say, a king comes before a prophet. When the king commands any command, as long as it does not contradict the command of the Torah, it is our obligation to listen and to fulfill his command. One who violates his command and does not fulfill it, the king has permission to kill him by the sword. Just as our forefathers have accepted upon themselves, and they said, as we see in Yeshua, Perek Aleph Pasuk they say, anybody who rebels, your mouth, your instruction will die. Anyone who rebels against the king, no matter who he is, his blood is permitted to the king to take his blood, meaning the one who has been appointed based on the laws of the Torah, such a king has the right to, I guess, to do as, as he wishes with that person who rebels against him. The details of all of this mitzvah has been articulated in the second chapter of Sanhedrin and in the beginning of Tractate Christus and in the seventh chapter of Tractate Soita. Do in the Sefer Mitzvahs in the Rambam, this is prohibition number 362, and the Rambam writes the 362nd Mitzvah is the warning that we have been warned not to place upon ourselves a king who does not come from Jewish seed, have to actually be born to a Jewish mother, even if he should be a complete righteous convert. In other words, he was a full 100% converted, can't make him into a king. Uh, that is said, Hashem says, in Devarim Yudzayin Tezvav, Hashem says, You cannot place upon yourself a strange man who is not your brother. We have the whole story in the Talmud about this king that they um, they placed on them. He uh, was a uh, 
uh, he killed out the family of the Hashmenoim, and he wanted to uh, pretend that he is uh, he's a king. But that was actually a problem too. So it has to be from your seed over there. So the language of the Sifri is you cannot place upon yourself a strange man, which means a non from non-Jewish seed, that would be a, a command, a prohibition. But this does not only apply to that it does not only apply to a king. All other kinds of appointments it is prohibited to appoint over ourselves and appointment with me for any matter of any matters. Whether it's a rabbinic appointment or it's an appointment of government, a person who comes from the community of converts, unless his mother is Jewish. Because the Torah says not only about the Torah says Soim Tosim Alecha. That follows the Pesach in Dvarim Yudzayin Tezvav. It says, you shall place upon yourself, now there it says a king from amongst your brothers. But it's a double language there. Amru, so our Rebbe says, Soim Tosim, place you should place, All the placements that you will place upon yourself shall not be but from amongst your brothers. Um, so this would apply to everything. Ramam, it's interesting. This is the only uh, law that comes to my mind. I'm not sure if there's anything else in which we have a make us distinction between somebody who's directly from Jewish seed and somebody who is, um, you know, born or somebody who converted later on. Matter of fact, the Rambam knows the rights in one of his letters to Avram Gertzedek, who was a real convert. He said to him, while we're children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're children of God. So in other words, you have actually an advantage over them. But there's still, you know, there's a question about Pesach, whether they can say the question about Bikurim, other times there's questions. Um, so what they say over here, that, so he says, this verse is really necessary for all kinds of appointments. Because as far as kingdom goes, over there we don't need no special verses, because that we know already. Why? It says the kingdom itself, we know from the verses of the book of the prophets that that belongs to David. That was merited, the kingdom was merited, that was given to David. And specifically, it says that the crown of kingdom, Keser Malchus, Zoha by David. David inherit, he merits the, the, the crown of kingdom. And so his seed after David until the end of the generations. That's also the king Mashiach is also going to be a descendant from the seed of David. There is no king. If you believe in the teaching, in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, there could be no king but of the seed of David. And that has to come from the seed of Solomon. Anyone who is besides this honorable seed, as far as kingdom goes, will be considered a stranger. Just like anyone who's not from the seed of Aaron cannot serve in the temple, in the Beis HaMikdosh. Um, and he's called a Zar. Zar means a stranger. 
This is clear. There is no doubt. The details of this mitzvah have been explained in many areas. In Yevamah, Sanhedrin, Saita, and Nida. Okay, in the Sefer HaMitzvah, this is the prohibition number 363. Over here, this prohibition is that we have, there's the warning that the king has been warned. This is a prohibition for a king. That the king has warned not to have many horses. Not to have many horses. This is based on Hashem's command in the Chumash. It says, Loi Yarbe Loi Susim. He should not have for himself many horses. Now, the Torah talks about many, it doesn't say a number. Also, the Torah says here horses, so it seems like only horses. So he says like this The limit is, what is the limit over here? That he should not have any horses, any horses going ahead of him. The tradition used to be in the olden days that the kings of the of the nations, of the Gentile nations, they would have a whole series of horses sort of running ahead, and then would come the king's horse. So he says, so the limit is not to have these horses running from. And he says, furthermore, even though he says he shouldn't have many horses, even one horse should not be extra. We shouldn't have extra, anything extra. Only the animal that he rides on it alone. Now, I wonder if we can take this out also as far as automobiles go. You know, yeah, that just one automobile per person, I guess, you know, one for the husband, one for the wife. <laughs> talking about a king over here, but I don't know. Uh, just trying to give... Uh, um, you know, a metaphor how this would work for a person. But anyways, this is a law for the king not to have besides the actual animal that he's riding, and of course that was the means of transportation in those days riding the animals. Um, but the Rambam says there is horses in addition that he can have uh, in the stables ready for war when he needs that the army should use them as writing that he can have so we're talking about personal use over here just to have his personal use but for himself can only be one animal alone it doesn't matter whether it's a horse really the Ramam says it's just one animal one means of transportation um, I read recently also where the Rambam concludes that these uh, mitzvah laws these mitzvah have been explained in the second chapter of Sanhedrin. Uh, I read recently that you know, the Rebbe used to use a car. Right? It's the closest thing to a king that we have is the Rebbe. So, uh, so the Rebbe used to use a car for his transportation. But the Rebbe would not allow them to get a new car as long as they could fix the old one. <laughs> it was only, I mean, I remember as a kid growing up over there when they one time brought the Rebbe a new Cadillac that was like a... A big, 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 big mice, you know, for, the, the, for that. Uh, but the Rebbe, the Rebbe did not want them to spend money. Of course, not about an extra. We're not talking about extra, but uh, certainly even the car, as long as it can be repaired, uh, Rebbe wanted it repaired. Then, second step was to go ahead and buy a new car. Sefer HaMitzvah, this is the prohibition number 364. And this is the warning... Also for a king, we're talking about these are laws for a king, that the king has been warned 
not to have many uh, women. Uh, well, they will see at the end. Of, yeah, we'll see at the end in the next mitzvah. We'll see the Rambam will talk about King Solomon also. Um, so here he says uh, that's also based on the pasuk over there. It says loy yarbe loy noshim that he should not increase for himself women. So what is the limit? Vagvulakach. What is the limit for the? What is the limit? We learned this out. We learned from Sukkim, but the bottom line is not to may have more than eighteen wives. But there's a stipulation over here. Those are wives that are called Biksuba or Bikidushin. Those are regular wives that get the ketuba and you do the kedushin. But there's pilakshim. There's other. There's other kind of mind. That's not included in this. That's separate. Isn't there maid servants? Are they different? No, this is a maid servant. This is a servant. No, this is no. This, 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 this. Also, these laws have been articulated in the second chapter of Sanhedrin. And if you if it shall increase above the limit, then the penalty would be lashes. Would be at Malchus for it. Do the final mitzvah of the Torah, the prohibition and the prohibitions. This is prohibition number three hundred and sixty-five. You know, there's 248 positive mitzvahs and there's 365 prohibitions. So this is number 365. This is also a mitzvah for a king. And this is the, the warning that we've been warned, the king has been warned, not to increase his own monetary fortune that belongs to him for his own personal purposes. He explains the Rambam. This is what Hashem says. The chesev v'zov yarbeloi. The pasuk over there says moid that money, silver and gold, he shall not increase himself very much for himself. So, what is the limit for this? Even though actually the verse seems to say lo yarbeloi moid, not very much. But what is the limit? So he says he should not have beyond what he needs to spend his expenses for his army, for his servants that are especially for him. We're talking about there's two types of armies. There's an army which this is sort of the his bodyguards or the secret service who uh, take care of the king himself. So that's considered his personal expenses, his personal safety, and his uh, personal convenience of his servants that are there to help him. So he can have money uh, for those purposes. But for the purpose to collect money for the entire Jewish people, that is permissible. And the Rambam is going to give now a very interesting, uh, I guess, final analysis um, for uh, the general performance of the mitzvahs and explaining uh, why we don't find reasons for many mitzvahs. For most mitzvahs, the Torah doesn't give any reasons why we should do so. So he says like this. Over here, we already find that the Torah, Hashem, in the Parsa, gives the reasons for these mitzvahs. So to say, like for example, the Torah says, don't have too many horses, don't have too many wives, don't have too much gold and silver, not to increase that a lot. There's a reason and it's brought down that the reason is because it says, so he shouldn't go back for the horses, he shouldn't go back to Egypt, 
or they shouldn't turn away his heart, the women, there's reasons what the Torah gives. So he says, you see, he says, because we know the reason, or because the reason was known, it actually ended up being nullified. We stopped doing those mitzvahs that were the reason. As it's publicized, as we know from Shlomo, King Solomon, peace unto him. Notwithstanding his great his greatness, of his great advantage in knowledge and wisdom. And he was called Yedidya, he was called a friend of God. So we see that he was on a very high and a very great, great level. And still our sages tell us that there is something that people need to, a note for people to take note over here. Because had we known the reasons for the mitzvahs, then you would find a way, you would find a way how to nullify them. Because even this one who was great, most complete, great, made a mistake, and he thought that what he's going to do isn't going to be a reason that he's going to violate. He's going to, he figured out, he knows the reason, and he says, well, I'm not going to violate this. Shlomo HaMelech thought, it's okay, you know, I'm not going to go back to Egypt anyways. I'm not going to, I'm going to have many women. I'm going to have more women, and you know what? They're not going to turn my heart away. But he was wrong. Even King Solomon. So you see, if the Torah gives you the reason, tells you why, then you're going to think they're going to be smarter than the Torah. And you're going to say, no, no, it's not going to affect me. And I'm, going, I'm safe. That's why the Torah says, of course, even Shlomo HaMelech made this mistake. If we're talking about of how much more so the, the, the public, when our minds are weak, that we would come to be cheapening the mitzvahs, we're going to say that the only reason this thing was said, and why did he command about this thing, it's only because of this reason. We're going to be careful in the matter for which, in other words, the reason will make sure that it doesn't happen, the effect, why the mitzvah is given. But we don't care about the mitzvah. So if the reason for the mitzvah is that we don't go back to Egypt, the mitzvah is that we don't do, we're not going to do that, but we don't need the mitzvah to do that. We're just going to, since the mitzvah is the reason for the mitzvah is for that goal, we're going to make sure we're not going to Make the goal, but we don't need the, the mitzvah itself. And this way, we would lose our religion. This way would come, the religion would be lost. Therefore, Hashem hid, Hashem may be elevated, hid the reasonings. But you should know, there is not one mitzvah that doesn't have a reason and a cause. But, most of those reasons and most of those causes, the usually public mind cannot really grasp it and they won't understand it. And they are all, as the prophet testifies in Tehillim, chapter 19, verse 9, he says, God's mitzvahs are all correct, they're all straight, they're all important, they rejoice the heart. And he concludes the Rambam with a prayer at the end of his uh, writings.
from Hashem I ask support to fulfill everything that He has told us to do and to distance from all that He has warned us not to do from all the prohibitions. This is what our intent was to include in this, uh, this saying. And you know, you can see if the Rambam prays to Hashem to help him fulfill all the mitzvahs and to stay away from all the prohibition, how much more for us when we come to the end of the 365 to 50 mitzvah, that we should be able to um, fulfill and do all the mitzvahs.